How's it, Internet? And welcome back to Two Guys on SharePoint. Uh, the only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is uh, not made up and there are no points. For, for once, it's not a joke when I say, long time no see, Alistair. Yes, Mr. Modlin, uh, you were busy making babies. Yes, I have a currently seven-week-old baby at home, my beautiful Alexander. He's doing very well. I'm getting min sleep and uh, <laughs> try, trying to adjust the whole of existence around this new development. And it's really awesome. Unfortunately, that means we haven't recorded in quite a while. No, we haven't. So to our listeners out there, we apologize for the hiatus that Mr. Modlin has been on uh, due to babies showing up. And uh, is it safe to say that we are back? We are back. This is uh, uh, season 47 of Two Guys in SharePoint. Yes, I think so. I think we're back in the swing of it now and we should be good for the foreseeable future. Of course, pending weird things happening, but should be all good. All right, so moving on, uh, I think we go to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get back, I'm a bit rusty, we go back, we, we don't have a guest on this week, but we do have a bumper in the news segment. Yes, so it was recently Microsoft Ignite, as everybody is well aware, and you, Alistair, were actually there. I was, I was, and two guys in SharePoint was there. The video will be uploaded uh, to uh, the Regarding 365 channel because we've got a playlist called Two Guys in SharePoint on Regarding 365. So head over to YouTube and do a search for Regarding 365 and you'll find the YouTube channel where our show is highlighted there, the video part of our show. Audio part still stays on SoundCloud or your podcast app of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, pick one, we are there. Sweet. So yes, it was Ignite. There is an awful lot of news that obviously came out of Ignite. Lots of super exciting stuff. So we're going to give us a quick run through of uh, some of the bits and pieces that we chatted about. Well, that we discovered from Ignite. Um, and we're going to start off with the namesake of the show, with SharePoint. What came out of Ignite for SharePoint users, Al? Have, have you watched any of the live streams? Because this year, all the theater and uh, breakout sessions were live streamed. So if you head over to ignite.microsoft.com, click on the session tab, it will take you to Tech Community, who recorded and live streamed all of the sessions. So if you want to catch up on the thousand plus sessions that was produced or delivered at Ignite, you can actually do it that way. So yes, SharePoint is sexy again. It never, it never wasn't. Well... Come on, you cannot tell me that your customers haven't started talking about Teams. Yes, no, of course. I suppose. So you're, you're saying the, the, the sexiness for a while has been Teams and, and whatever. Not, not Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But we've got lots of cool stuff for SharePoint. Like? So on that list, on that list, which one is your favorite? Have a look at the list. Oh, dude, I, I don't... Pick, pick one of them. Pick one of them. Pick, pick one, one of them. them. Okay, my my 
my favorite one would okay there's there's two that are really close for me um one being the mega menu so there's a mega menu yes, coming, everybody yes. which is yes fantastic that is a a request we get all the time and has to if we're on prem has to be jerry-rigged nonsense and if we're in sharepoint online on modern experiences just doesn't exist basically um so that's really 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 cool and the other one would be the web part connections because yeah, then what was that what is that called though in the old days data connection web part was it no 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 like a data the data connection web part was a web part but just the ability i think it was still called web part connections but the ability i'm assuming as part of this I, I haven't read all of this stuff like it's i've been busy and there's lots of it but i'm assuming at some point that means there'll be a filter web part again and people can put in a Correct. filter and it will filter to everything on the page. That is so powerful and something that I've really been missing in uh, the modern experience. Definitely. So, yes, it is a web-to-web part connection. You have, think of, think of it this way. Um, you've got the web part and then you've got different types of connections you can use or sub-web parts that you can use through the a web part to web part connection to do stuff with it. One being a filter. Yeah, which is great. With that and the column styling you can do now, you can make like some really interactive dashboards using SharePoint, which was something I really liked doing on-prem and was really handy. And now having that functionality moving around everywhere is awesome. So also what they did with the... I don't know when it was released, but you had the file viewer web part where you could view a document. Yeah. And people have requested that you are now able to, so you can use it on more than just one document. So now you can embed a document library to a page and put the file viewer web part on the side and you can actually cycle through the documents and it will give you a view into the document. That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what are, what are your, what's your favorite, Al? Um, well, yes, definitely the mega menu. For me, it would be ooh, on this list. Uh, non teams, uh, non teams update because there are some teams updates. But for me, it would be the hub site root site uh, PowerShell script. So you can convert a root site, which is your tenant name or .sharepoint.com, and generally that would take you to a standard uh, classic team site. And for people that build intranets, having that root site as a hub site means that you can now build out a proper modern intranet and using that URL as your hub site. So for me, definitely that is, is top of the food chain for, for SharePoint. Primarily because you can now build out a proper internet with a proper URL. Yeah, that's really cool. That is really, really, really cool. That that makes it much better because then you can just give people the URL rather than having to like, okay, here's the link. Use the link. Everybody bookmark it. Use the link because you can't just go to the URL because it's long and complicated. Yeah. Like in the old days where you could uh, use custom DNSs for your web app yeah and that was super cool the, that was yeah super you can't cool. do it in in the cloud right now so yeah 
The other thing that I also liked is uh, more Teams integration. So when you're in Teams, you're getting a full view of, of pages now. Yes, so and, proper, and on the files. Such a big deal for the files. So you well, get you're getting, you get you're the getting columns. Yes. However, so, so here's my bugbear with this, and, and Lauren Strand actually mentioned it. So what they're doing is they're saying, we're giving you a proper document library view inside of Teams. Yes. I want to know when that's coming to File Explorer, to Windows Explorer. Ooh. Um, so think about it this that way. That would be really cool. SharePoint. So, yeah. so when like you, you sync it down and you when you click on your... OneDrive for Business Sync, it gives you the full page experience. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to embed a page experience no. into Windows Explorer. No. That's that's what I'm saying, though. But you wanted to but pull really all did. the columns through and do all the grouping Correct. and filtering and whatever. Correct, because you've you got that experience in Teams now. Yeah, but, okay, let, let me just enjoy it in Teams for, like, 30 seconds before you want to like just embed it in the OS. Well, into the OneDrive Sync client, which would be great, yeah. Uh, so, yes, very, very exciting because they've done other things, right? They've done a whole a whole host of other things in Windows Explorer for the OneDrive Sync client. So, you've got those little icons down the side that says if it's yeah, in the cloud. That is very cool. Yeah, be, being, able so to, could, being able to pull the metadata from from the library would be super useful there. But the thing, if, if you do that, then I also want to be able to set up the views and I want people to be able to change views and it to like pull the views from the library as well and that sort of stuff. Because if you... Pull small steps. If you can do that, then, then there's no excuse to have folders anywhere anymore. Well, folders stay. Look at Teams. So... They threw folders out, and now you come and you create a team, and each channel gets its own folder in the yeah, and people make in more the file step the document folders. Yeah, I know, but but you can you can let me dream. You can, but also me. folders are, are folders are, are are very dangerous in Teams because if you rename a folder in Teams, it doesn't rename the folder in the Teams site that's connected to the team, and then if you navigate there and you rename the folder. In the team site, it breaks the link. Yeah, yeah, that that so, is an issue. So but don't. It's that that only really comes into effect if you're browsing to it from SharePoint. If you're just dealing with them in Teams, if you're looking at it in yeah. Teams, you can rename those folders and do whatever you want because you're not actually you, you're not renaming the channel folder, right? That's the only one you need to be worried about. Um, but we, we, we are not going nearly fast enough if we're going to get through all the awesome all right. night news. Um, another Let's really cool thing is um, a full pages view, which is really cool. So you can make some really nice, yeah. splashy um, pages in, in SharePoint Online, which is really, really nice. Looks pretty. So I want, I want them to create, to allow me to select a communication site and turn as that the, into the site full template yeah. for teams, for, uh, teams. for teams, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be cool too. Yeah. All right, cool. so yes, full pages view. You get that uh, connected library from SharePoint. So whenever you are in a library that's actually connected to a team, you'll actually see a little, almost like a web part on the top that says 
This is connected to Teams. Go to the team from or to the channel from the well to the team from the library that you're in. That's, so that's cool. also quite cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah. I I hadn't heard of that one. That's really handy actually. Um, nice to have they've that back and forth. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they, they've done some stuff around uh, pages, so new pages experience with shading sections and layouts, so that it looks like the traditional internet sites that you're hitting now. You know, you've got those sections. Um, and you've got shading or background drop-ins yeah. like we have for Two Guys in SharePoint, yeah. our, our site, for that sure. same sort of feeling uh, inside of SharePoint now. So that's also quite cool. Yeah, that's nice. That gives us that gives you a lot more flexibility of what you want those sites to look like. I mean, the modern sites do look really nice, but they're a little bit, they're lacking a little bit in the customization, right? They still, they still look like SharePoint. Yeah. And that's fine. Like the, the SharePoint Online ones look really good, but having stuff like the layouts and the shading sections, you can bring out a bit more personality into them, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, new other things that are not that new, the new SharePoint Admin Center, there's more stuff coming to that. What's nice about it is you'll be able to manage your sites more efficiently and more effectively. We've seen some remnants of that in the new uh, SharePoint Admin Center. What they're also going to allow you to do is to apply a policy to the entire site. So let's say you want to make the entire site private and highly confidential, or apply a policy that says highly confidential to it. You can actually do it at a site collection level now. So head into the SharePoint Admin Center, select the Sites tab, and you can apply site-wide policies from an information protection perspective to it. So that's also quite cool. That is cool. And next up, uh, Files Restore for SharePoint. So that's much the same like it's it's been available in, uh, where was it? Where did they implement this already? OneDrive. In OneDrive, yeah. So you could say, uh, I screwed this up or we've been nailed by uh, whatever encryption virus something. Give me all my stuff yeah. as of yesterday at 2 o'clock and it just rewinds everything back to that point in time. You, you can do that. I'd love to see how if I attach the virus and I mailed it to a Teams library, it would do the same thing, right? Because you know you can grab that Teams channel. Yeah. And there's a URL for the Teams channel. Yeah. So it, it would be interesting to see how all of that works. Well, all the files, yeah, files, all the files at least in Teams, are stored in SharePoint Online. So you get the same capabilities yeah, there. Have the, yeah. But you can also do Teams Restore, though, uh, from a backup. Yeah. Uh, there's retention policies and all of those things. Yeah. I, I haven't touched that. And also, that functionality is also coming more and more to. And you can you can create, I think you can assign hub sites. You can convert a normal site to a hub site straight from the site collection uh, page as well. That's super cool. Yeah. Next up, uh, last one that I'm going to mention is audiencing. So audiencing is coming to pages and to web parts. But proper audiencing where you can say enable audiencing and you can do a lookup for an AD group. That is handy. That is very cool. No, trust me. Trust me. The last uh, internet project I was on, audiencing was a big thing because we went through filter on email address or at least the domain in the email address because they, the, the company I was working for, doing work for, had a bunch of domains. So uh, they had uh, uh, offices across the globe and each country had their own email address. 
So in order to filter on that, it was almost practically impossible using generic audiencing. And also, you must remember that the audiencing web part for... So you could do it on a content query web part on-prem, and I could write the query yeah. to do it and filter that way. Because the traditional audiencing has been, okay, I want to audience this web part, and then I have to put the audience in there. I couldn't use... You couldn't use or, a query or yeah, yeah. So you can use a content search web part to do that and use columns and stuff like that, which is quite cool. So you could say marketing sees this, HR sees, sees that. Yeah, we've, sees we've that. done a lot of that work too. The, the problem comes in if like your search has a hiccup ever that like everything on every page breaks because everything's audience. Yeah. And then the last thing on my list would be the news carousel. So you've got a funky news carousel now baked standard into Sherpa. Yeah. So that was a cool And that is super cool, especially because of the way they're doing news. Like um, there's also, I don't know if they talked about it this time, but there was news of um, <laughs> news, news of news being categorized. So you can categorize it as uh, whatever uh, yes. and then you can filter through uh, Yes. So, so you got this new news thing, right? Where uh, you can make it, you can you can create a, a corporate, you can assign a a site to be the group news site. It's the first thing, so that it appears everywhere. And secondly, you can highlight news. So when you go to your SharePoint home, you'll actually see, you know, those blocks on the top that says this is news, this is more news, this is news. Yeah. You can highlight it now, and it'll actually have a tab that says something that stands out from the other types of news because you can create news from your SharePoint home as well. Yeah. So that's that's really are... handy Like, because those news sites look really cool and using them for news stories is great, but being able to categorize it and use stuff like the news carousel, you can do stuff like, oh, here's a bunch of tutorials and you can present those in a really, really good-looking way and have it filter through and alert people. Um, it's, it's really cool. So I'm, I'm really loving the whole news infrastructure they got and stuff like the news carousel just adds on to that and makes it very, very cool. So there's a ton of other other options, well, not other options, other announcements from Ignite regarding SharePoint. Please head over to techcommunity.microsoft.com and go pick up either a post by Chris McNulty or a post by Mark Cashman. And I think, yeah, those two ones... Well, those two people would have listed the uh, announcements from Ignite for ship. Yeah, that that'll get right, you the along. that will get you the full breakdown. And I'm sure we'll be talking about this stuff in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, these are these are announcements. It doesn't necessarily mean it's been rolled out. Yes. Um, next up, let's talk about OneDrive. Um, Mac users are finally getting files on demand which is really lacquer if you're trying to roll out uh, OneDrive and the OneDrive for business clients to users and half of them have decided they're using Macs and why doesn't it look like the same as everybody else's and why can't they do things properly? You're like, well, because you're using a Mac. Um, so now that's a little bit easier, which is cool. Well, I'm a Mac user. Of course you are. So, so it, it is it is very important to me um, that this is available. It is. So it, very, it's important very, very, very to. I'm not a Mac user at all. It's important for me too, because then when somebody asks me why can't I do this, they they can stop asking me that. I can stop having to give the answer of well, you're on a Mac, you know. 
Why, why don't you have a PC like a real person? <laughs> you know, everyone, practically everyone in my org uses Macs, eh? So, so you, <laughs> you can't just say this. I know, I know. But, but then what do you answer them up until now? Like, ah, it's coming sometime. Well, maybe. OneDrive does work. Um, files on demand is cool to have. Yeah. And it's very, very cool to have right now. All right, moving on. Uh, storage sense for OneDrive. Have you have you experienced storage sense? I I have not yet. No. It is the application that ships with Windows ten, and what it actually does is when you start running out of disk space, it suggests what to delete based on usage. And now that is available for OneDrive. So what it will do is it will go look at the last accessed files, how long ago they accessed it, and it will actually del- suggest that you, in order to free up some space, either Remove that from the device that you're on so that you can do files on demand or it will actually delete it from uh, OneDrive in the cloud as well. That's really cool. Just helps with the whole management of all these files and um, keeping relevant information and getting rid of not relevant information. So I think they've also brought it out because of the Surface Goes. You can, the entry-level Surface Goes is 64 gig uh EMC disk, not an SSD. I forget what that is. And obviously, 64 gigs is never going to be enough. Um, so that's probably one of the reasons why. HP is also, and Dull and Lenovo has all released entry-level devices, as in what the Surface Go is. So naturally, if you are running out of disk space, this definitely works in your favor. I I didn't get the 64 gig version, though. I got the bigger one. (laughs) Of course you did. That's that's a cool toy right there. It's a segue just to introduce the fact that I actually, because I looked at uh, last time we did a show, we were talking about the Surface Go. Yeah. Um, And you just thought like, oh, humble brag. Well, it's not a brag. The thing is, I have to replace my iPad, right, as a device for notation and for presenting from. And naturally, the logical step was to get a, a Surface Go. I got the 8 gig version um, and the keyboard as well. And I've, I've got it, my Surface Book has a pen, so it's just cheaper to go this route than to, to go get a, an iPad Pro with an Apple Pencil and additional keyboard and you can't use a mouse with it so it's really stupid um, yeah it's and, it's and also it's also just nice to have all your hardware on the same platform so that theoretically they talk to each other a lot better well than... I, i'm a macbook i'm a macbook user running mac os mm-hmm. no no comment <laughs> No comment. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. Uh, OneDrive for Business SharePoint Server 2019 support, so that's great. Uh, SharePoint Server 2019 has uh, become generally available as well. And notice there's no news about SharePoint 2019 from an announcements perspective outside of the OneDrive being able. Uh, well, yeah, outside of yeah. So there's nothing new coming. There's no. It is what it is. We know what uh, it is. Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's just safer to not talk about it. It, it, is, it is good though. Like having that OneDrive for Business support is really cool because then you can have that continuity, continuity of service, right? You're running a hybrid environment. It doesn't matter for users where their content is stored, whether it's in Server 2019 or SharePoint Online or OneDrive or whatever, they get the same experience. And that's really good. 
How many of your customers are actually going to upgrade to 2019? Um, probably some of them. N- none immediately. Why? Tell me, tell me, tell me why. Well, hybrid scenario is supposed to be better. And stuff like the OneDrive for Business Support, and you can get them on pages and stuff-ish. So, like, it looks a little bit... So, so, so it looks more more similar. Like, it gives more continuity of service for users. Like, you can do the same thing everywhere, rather than, like, oh, where am I? What am I doing? Like, that continuity of experience is important. It's all rubbish. If you're unsure, if if your customer's going from 2013 to 2019, I completely understand. But did they go from 2016 to 2019? So I, I, I haven't seen any of that yet. So no, I would not. Uh, there's no difference except modern. And what's the point of having modern if there's no upsides? Because you can't glue the damn shit together. It's not like you can create a yeah. modern team site and then create a modern team subsite. That doesn't exist. Yeah, that is a good point. Like I said, no right, brought it up yet, but yes. Yeah. So moving on, uh, share to Teams from OneDrive, comment on files in OneDrive, and also video and audio transcription from Stream. Why? Because there will be a Stream mobile app. Okay, that's cool. Yes. That is really cool. So share to Teams from OneDrive, if you've got a, a document that you wanted to um, share to Teams, uh, you can now do it from the OneDrive app. That is super cool. You don't have to go into Teams and then somehow drag the document across. The document. Yeah. You can share straight from that. Yeah. And then comments on files. So, you know, we've got 320 file viewers in, in, as part of OneDrive, yeah. right, as part of SharePoint. You can now comment on files. Not You know how you do comments in, in Office Docs? Yeah. You'll go open up the doc and then comment. You can now comment on docs that are not Office Docs. That's super cool. So, PDFs. Yeah. That is That is really, really handy. That is really, really handy. And con- consuming video and audio, well, consuming video inside of OneDrive. So you upload in there, uh, an MP4. It will now do an audio transcription for you, very much the same way as they do uh, closed captioning in... In stream. In stream, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I hope they still give you the edit to option, uh, the option to edit the that transcript because, man, that's, some of that's funny, hey. That's, Especially with our accent. Yeah, yeah. So that that doesn't like South Africans very much. It doesn't like me specifically. I think I uh, I talk funny. I think I slur a little bit. I don't know. Listen, I, I, our listeners completely understand you, so I, I wouldn't worry. So it can't be that bad. Yeah, it can't be that bad. It's fine. Like as long as the the machines can't understand what I'm saying, they can't get that pissed off with me. So it's fine. They can screw up the transcription. What else, Marlene? What else? Anything exciting that we haven't listed that you have uh, picked up on while uh, trying to burp your baby and watching something? Um, no, I think that's about it for, for OneDrive. Again, there is a whole bunch of stuff. So, guys, do go check out the sessions and things. Even just go see. If we've said something that sounds interesting to you, go watch where they announced it. Um, see if they've got a session where they demo it and have a look at it because the stuff is really cool and we're getting a whole bunch of new stuff coming. So time to get prepared. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Is there anything else around SharePoint and OneDrive? Nothing? Can I, we move on I to think, the rest yeah, of the let's, let's carry on. Let's continue. I'll let you introduce the first item on that list. Okay, so the the 
our next uh, big thing we're talking about is Azure and to start off with Azure Stack. Um, and there were some announcements about Kubernetes, which is... It's Kubernetes, 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 Kubernetes. whatever, same thing. So this is all about um, DevOps, right? You want to uh, have everything be tiny little modules and microservices, and then you stitch it all together, and the Kubernetes helps you uh, in, in this endeavor. Have have I sort of hit that there, Al? How did I say Yes, that? yes, yes. So Kubernetes is then an orchestration engine that lets you spin up, spin down, scale up, scale out. All of these microservices, these containerized bits and pieces that you have built. Yes. Um, so that is coming to Azure Stack. So that means that if you've bought a Dell HP or I don't know, EMC, I don't know who asked what other hardware providers, Lenovo, no, not so much, I, maybe IBM. If you've bought Azure Stack with one of those devices, you are now getting more features that you would normally have only in Azure in the cloud, available on-prem. It's the same with Service Fabric, also coming to Azure Stack now. So uh, Microsoft's promise to still do stuff on-prem customers are coming through now if you are an Azure Stack customer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but... I don't really have any customers who will be running Azure Stack. Part of the part of the allure of Azure is that you don't have to maintain that physical hardware yourself and deal with um, the sort of data center that could host Azure Stack properly um, and all that sort of thing. So, but it is super interesting and it's nice to know that Microsoft is listening to their customers and making the stuff available. Yeah. Uh, next up, some stuff around databases. Uh, I think the big one is the managed instance for SQL. Yeah. So you can now, instead of traditionally, you'd want to put your data platform in the cloud, you'd literally move your virtual machines to the cloud. It's not very cost effective. It's hardly cost effective. What you can do now is you can migrate your instance in SQL on-prem to a managed instance. So it's based on consumption. You get the same richness that you would get from SQL Server, but you don't have to fork out the license. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about maintaining the server and all of that. You, you're paying for and you get the instance and everything else is, is managed for you and you interact with just the SQL, which is really cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's super exciting. Uh, there's also some advanced threat protection facilities for Post, Postgres as well as MySQL, which you've already had for Microsoft SQL. And then obviously there's the SQL to SQL managed instance migration tool, which will assist you with moving those uh, SQL instances to a managed instance inside of Azure. Yeah, I wonder what that's actually going to look like because some of the instances can be very big and complicated. So I wonder what that transition's actually going to be like in practice. Um, my understanding that the manage, my understanding is that the managed instance is actually uh, SQL Server, for lack of a better uh, like explanation. It behaves so you get the exactly same the same. So it's your your movement there is basically how fast can you push the bits through your pipe. Well, also just on that, speaking about pushing uh, stuff through your pipe. From a management perspective, Microsoft has released the Azure Data Box. So we call it the Azure Trolley. You can literally put everything in the trolley and give it to Microsoft and they'll, they'll do stuff with it. Like um, where you could do content ingestion and ship it off 
to the data center, they're calling it trolley now. So no longer is it just for Office 365 with mail, because you do normally ship your, your mail to a data center of your choice across the planet, and then they would then ingest it that way. Now you've got what they call an Azure data box. So I've got a customer currently, um, not in South Africa, that's got 200 terabytes of file server storage. That's quite a chunk. And they want to move that, they want to use Azure File Sync to, to sync it to the cloud. Um, and I said, well, hold on, there's the, the, the data box. Might as well just copy it onto, or, or just take that copy of the SAN and give it to Microsoft and let them do something with it. Yeah, and then once it's there, then you do the synchronization and it does the delta. So instead of having to monitor this thing over however long it takes to move that much space, you just need to monitor the delta. That's super cool. Yeah. All right. And also on a management perspective for Azure, there's what they call Azure Blueprints. So remember in the old days when we used to do blueprints for SharePoint? Yeah. So your virtual machines that you want to spin up are certified and blueprinted based on scenarios. So Microsoft is definitely helping people articulate and architect their solutions in the cloud and make it sure that it's certified and it's, it's what's the right word for it? Um, best practice? It's based, yeah, best practice, yeah, through Azure Blueprint. So that's quite neat. That's really, really handy. They also talked about um, another great uh, buzzword, IoT. So the Internet of Things. What do we have with uh, Azure IoT, Al? So there's a few things, and uh, we can we can bounce around this. So one, the IoT Central. Uh, so think of it as a, your portal interface, your admin center for IoT is now generally available. There's also Azure Function features now in preview for IoT. Uh, they've got the concept of what they call digital twins, and it was actually quite cool. So one of the problems with IoT is that there's no standardization from a device perspective because you can get a Raspberry Pi, you can get a Banana Pi, and all these other Andrino-based boards that you can now use in building your own home-baked whatever. You know, you've got an expansion, GPIO port on Raspberry Pi, and that's your expansion port, and you can plug in cameras and all of these yeah, things. Yeah, so the hardware so the and the software can be, like, very different. Yeah, so with Digital Twins, Microsoft actually is creating reference architecture for when manufacturers are building these IoT boards so that they conform to a standard structure and the way things work, EEPROM rights and all of those things so that there's better referential integrity in the devices that are, you are using to connect to the internet because these things get hacked like that pool pump or thermostat at a casino in Vegas got hacked and they hacked the entire casino that way. Yep. Because they replaced a fish tank's pool pump and they did not know that there's this little cool, it was a smart one, so it would send telemetry to the cloud and they got hacked that way. So yes, that, that is very cool. The other thing for IoT is the Cortana skill set for the enterprise. The skills kit. A skills kit, yeah, skills kit, sorry, my bad, skills kit, like Amazon had for Alexa for the last three, four years, uh, Microsoft is now releasing one for the enterprise. So is that a dev so now kit? now you can start talking, it's a skills kit, yeah, that would be dev, yeah, so now you can build skills for Cortana for the enterprise. Strangely enough, uh, Amazon's also got it, so you know, I don't know if you've ever seen, you get those buttons yep. for Alexa. I saw a bunch of these on they Twitter, act actually, yeah. 
And and companies like Manage Engine and ServiceNow are actually uh, building applications for it. So if you want to log a call, you press a button. Yeah, that's cool. And it actually it uses Alexa buttons. They've got it all over the show. I actually had a conversation with the ServiceNow guys because they want to embed uh, a, a ticketing system into the Skype. Um, it's the what is it? They're not the meeting rooms. The the, the SPS, the Skype business systems yes the Skype business systems um, because it looks like a Teams interface and it's on your devices so you know those Polycom devices yeah, and they want to have a button for ask for help ask for help yeah built into the Teams interface on these um, devices so it's actually quite cool uh, what else do we have Modlin I think there's some AI stuff and some security stuff yes so in, in uh, AI there's again this is one of the big uh, buzzwords and there was a bunch of news one of the cool things that's probably most applicable to my clients is ideas for powerpoint and excel so for a while now we've had sort of the ideas in powerpoint where the office will look at what you're doing and say like oh like i think i've seen some stuff like this before why don't you try this this and this um, and help you out um, so it's sort of an expansion on that idea and similarly for excel which is like really powerful uses of artificial intelligence for the normal business user rather than oh mate oh. The, the stuff in excel is just phenomenal it will go and you've got four columns and a set of, a data set of stuff and you'd have a cost with a, a percentage margin it will from an idea perspective go and tell you well this is what the pivot table would look like or this is what yeah so graphic this is what the the web chart would look like um, so it, it really assists you in that way. And the AI is amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it makes sense. And it's also this is also really cool because this is a thing that Microsoft can do probably better than anybody else just because they've been dealing in the space longer than anybody else. Like they really know, like they've got a lot of data to crunch from the AI perspective and they've just got a lot of real uh, human interaction where they can say this is sort of the area like that is most worth concentrating on and stuff like that it's really cool really cool to see this yeah and then um, my team at the office our dev team are mostly python developers so there's a python machine learning sdk for ai as well so you can start writing python against ml um, inside of uh, the ai part of, of azure so that's very cool cool and they've also released some amount of uh, automated machine learning so you can give it a data set, I'd assume, and let it loose with some sort of parameters and you don't have to code everything yourself? Yeah, it will start. Uh, it's all based on algorithms. So you can automate the ML stuff where you don't have to uh, manually say go feed of this data set. You can actually group it and say, I'm uploading this, go figure out what it is. That's cool. Very, very cool. Uh, then some stuff around security. Uh, they've rebranded. Well, remember with security in most products in the Microsoft stack, you've got advanced threat protection sitting in Azure. You've got ATP coming through on Exchange. And you've got ATP in Office 365. And then you've got more ATP that does stuff around your 
EM plus S, your enterprise mobility, and all of those things. So what they've done now is they've launched Microsoft Threat Protection, which is really a roll-up of all these siloed platforms so that you get one version of the truth when it comes to advanced threat protection inside of your cloud offering. Okay, and so it's going to have a, a assumedly a, a central administration portal. Um, at some point, you'll be able to say, okay, here's what my policy is applied everywhere, stuff like that. Yeah, so it will actually roll up all the notifications to you. You must remember right now, you've got um, ATP that sits inside of the security and compliance center. Then also the other admin center is the uh, cloud app security broker, which um, MCAS, yeah, not the other way around, not CASB. So cloud app security will list uh, anomalies that it picks up with what you actually do from an application perspective inside of Office 365 and Azure. So it will list anomalies. Ooh, this person has downloaded a hundred files with OneDrive um, today. So that would be an anomaly. Or they've used Teams, they've accessed, they've used Teams in the Ukraine from a coffee shop to access corporate data. Yeah, and that's that's the benefit of all this stuff, right? Is gone are the days where you can just download the virus database and feel safe. Um, the virus definitions are so far behind what's actually happening. You have to concentrate on the behavior rather than the definition um, and that's and being able to look at that on a, in a holistic way is super powerful and really important well so did you know that windows 10 tracks your uh, keyboard your typing behavior yeah so if you have a key logger that's trying to log in with your credentials that types faster than you it will log that in um, atp in windows defender okay and it will notify an administrator, this is suspicious. This person usually types at 20 words a minute. All of a sudden, they're typing at 60 words a minute. That's that's really cool. That is really, really cool. Uh, I think we're going to skip the other two. The last thing I want to talk about is the new Microsoft Search. It's the one thing we didn't listen, listen Okay. To. So Microsoft Search, Bing for Business is now called Microsoft Search. It will be a unified search experience. They are gluing the other content repositories together. So your your chats in Teams still needs to be indexed across um, everything in SharePoint, all your other uh, stuff you use with Azure File Sync, all of that. You'll now have a unified search experience that's also contextually aware. That's really cool. And how would you access that? Or is it just the backend search now? Or does... It's, it's the backend search, so they're going to bake it into... All of the things. Into Office, yeah, pretty much into Office 365. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I think that's it from me, from my list. Uh, do you have anything else, Molly? No, I think that's a lot, eh? <laughs> um, that's quite a lot to it digest lot. already. I'm sure bits and pieces will still come up in the weeks and months ahead, and we'll get more in-depth into all of these, I'm sure, with various guests and... Um, as we actually use all the bits and pieces. But uh, for the news roundup this week, I think that was fantastic. All right, moving along to what else? What are we moving on we to? We are what moving on to our closing segments, the first one of which is a new feature that Elle didn't know about of the week. Of the week. Yes, Microsoft released a whole bunch of new devices, Surface Pro 6s and uh, Surface Book 2s and... And all of those things. Yes. So I think it was yesterday or the day before. What's today? Thursday. 
Um, I think two days ago, Microsoft released a new Surface Pro 6 range with new CPUs. I don't care about that. Microsoft released a new Surface earphone. Yeah, I'm trying to find a picture of these uh, online, and I'm not having much success. Go to the Verge. Verge. Uh, they look like that's over-ear earphones with noise cancellation like Plantronics. Oh, that sounds so nice. And it looks very pretty. It's got like a dial on the side where you can adjust settings and it's gray, it's surface gray. Oh, it's so nice. And I think it was $349. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. It ain't cheap. It, it ain't cheap. But yes, I'm excited about the new surface earphones. Oh, they look good though, hey. They do. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of them right now. They look, oh, those look pretty. They look comfy and really sweet. Oh, no, it is very special. So that, that's new features I didn't know about of the week for me. Nice. Um, and then our last segment is my flow segment, Go With The Flow. Go With The Flow. That one. Uh, and it was a little while ago now, not that much, like about a week or so, they have uh, released Power Query online integration into Flow. What does that so mean, you, Modlin? What, what, so Power Query. So, what, what? Power Query. So you you are aware of Power BI? Yes, I am. And 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 how these tools like Power BI can pull data, right? Yeah. So the part of part of that is Power Query online, where you can create these queries in much a similar way to. Um, various data stores um, and now with the power query online integration into flow flow now has that rich capability as well so you can start pulling data to uh, manipulate and deal with in your flows which is really really handy so i think flow at this year's ignite had the most attendees at the sessions so That's john john lavishly i can't pronounce his surname flow bro so we'll have Flowbro and the other Flowbro on our show soon. Sweet. All right, is that um, it? That is it, I think, for today. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Thank you, L, for joining Thank us Thank you, Mr. Again. Now, I'm, I'm glad you, you're back from your hiatus. Yes. So we can get back to regular cadence because there's so much new things coming we could literally go through that list that we just did now and it will carry us for the next six months. Yeah, we could probably do a show on each of those topics. Yeah, well, yes. Cool. So thank you all very much for joining us. If you want to find us online, you can find our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. You can find us on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin and L is... At Alistair Pugin. And you can go check out the live stream of our Two Guys in SharePoint panel from Ignite by going on YouTube and looking for Regarding 365. Yes, it will be up probably before this show is. Sweet. Thank you, Al. All right, my bud. Go well, go shall, and ciao, ciao. Ciao.